Let's get going. Today's daf is daf Lamed Vav in Meseches Beya, page 36, and we're up the top, very, very top word of today's daf. All right? And just to give ourselves a recollection, we started the Perak yesterday on Lamed Hayam at Beis, and the, there was a, it was a very short Mishnah, and the luck of the Mishnah was is that you're allowed to bring produce down from drying out on the roof in through the skylight, in through the hole in the ceiling. We had a whole topic about what's, what's the correct word. There's a number of correct words that will work out. We said you're allowed to bring it down on Yom Tif. You're not allowed to bring it through the roof on Shabbos. We also said you're allowed to cover up some of the fruits with kalim, with vessels, in order to protect them. All right, um, and uh, you're also allowed to put something underneath a drip in the ceiling to catch the water. Those were the primary halachos. And on yesterday's daf, we ended off with a shiloh, which we were not able to answer. And the shiloh was, how much are you permitted to lower um, in the Mishnah? You're allowed to bring it down through the ceiling. We thought that it would take on the halachos of Shabbos, that the same way when you want to make space in a base medrash for four or five boxes uh, or for your guests, so too you're allowed to lower up to four or five boxes on Yom Tif, to which the Gemara responded, no, the two halachas do not necessarily go hand in hand. Ultimately, we had no answer. When the Mishnah says you're permitted to lower, we're not sure still as to what that limit is on Yom Tif, period. Okay, let's begin today's daf. Let's go. Tanan Hasam. We learned through the Mishnah elsewhere. Avalayas Aitzir. You're not allowed to clear out an Aitzir. You're allowed to clear out a base mattress. You're allowed to clear out your guest room. You're not to clear out a storage house. Vyomar Shmuel and Shmuel says, My Avalayas Aitzir. What do you mean by not a storage house? Avalayigmar Aitzir Kulay. Right? Um, what it means is, you're not allowed to completely empty out a storehouse. Doma Asi Lashriye Gumas. Because since the storehouse is meant for storing things, and things are kept there for quite some time. And therefore, the flooring tends to move. Again, they didn't have hard floors like we, we have. It was dirt. So the concern is that if we allow you to completely empty out the storehouse, there's going to be even an inadvertent um, desire to smooth out the floor and make sure that it's flat and there's no holes. So therefore, says Shmuel, the reason why you're not allowed to clear out a storehouse is you can't do it completely to a point where you see the floor. Says Gemara Hachamai. Okay? What about taking the fruits off of the roof? Um, is there an issue of doing it, uh, doing everything? Yeah? Is there, is there an issue? If you think about it on the surface, you'd say, listen, it's not the floor, right? It's the ceiling. So what's the shail over here? Here we, here we go. Says the Gemara to explain. Hasam hu b'shab Maybe when it comes to the storehouse and you're not allowed to move the fo- those boxes on Shabbos, maybe it's because Shabbos were machmir. Maybe we'll say it's always allowed. Even when there's bitl based you're not allowed to move more than four or five boxes. Over here where there's no bitl based medrash, how much more so should you not be permitted to... Uh, move more than four or five boxes, at least to the point, even if it's less than four or five boxes, to completely open up the floor, you're not allowed to do either. And here we learned in our Mishnah, if you're allowed to bring down fruits 
through the hole in the ceiling on Yontif. This is only true when you have fruits that are drying out on the roof and you want to lower it on from the same roof that it's on down into the home, we'll call it. But you're not allowed to bring, we're going to assume that you're not allowed to transfer the fruit from one roof to another roof's hole. We learned the price similarly. You're not allowed to bring it from one roof to another roof, even when the two are completely level. It's still going to be usher to carry from one roof to another roof. Why is it going to be forbidden? Because of the Tirchi Yaseira, the added, uh, the, the added uh, effort that goes into it, which we don't want people to be busy with on Yomtev. So Hasam Mai. What is the halacha on, on Shabbos? Shabbos, you limit it to four or five. What, what happens? Can you do from place to place? Says the Gemara, Here's the Shiloh. Over here we say maybe it's Rami Machmir because people take Yomtev more lenient. And uh, they're mezalzal in it. They don't take it as serious. Although Shabbos the Chamira, but Shabbos which we know has a lot of chumras. It's a lot more machmir than yamtiv, and people take all the laws of Shabbos seriously. Maybe we'll say it is permitted to move from one roof to another roof. Or do we say when there's a loss of money to the fruits? You st- you say despite that you can't put in all this effort to transfer from one roof to another roof. But also, but on Shabbos, where there's no loss of money, maybe how much more so should you not, if you can't do it when you lose money, how much more so should we not allow you to do it when you don't lose money? Why? Because we know the Chum are always, are always, have Rachmanus. They always have mercy on money of Klal Yisrael. So if they're going to be strict on something which could cause me a loss, how much more so would they be strict when there's no loss there? Okay? So we still don't have an answer to that shaila about whether to connect Hilchus Shabbos to Hilchus Yomtev. Hocha Tanan. Here we learned in a Mishnah. You're allowed to bring down, we don't know the amount yet, but you're allowed to bring down the fruits that are laying on your roof. However, you shouldn't do it with a rope through a chalain, through a window. And you also can't bring it down from the roof um, using a ladder. Okay? You can't use a ladder. Fine. Both of these, Rashi explains, has to do with Tirchi Yaseru. Too much effort's going into this. Hasamai. What about on Shabbos? Yeah? When it comes to Hilch Shabbos, we said you're, you're not allowed to completely empty out the storehouse. You're also allowed to move up to four or five boxes. What's the, the, the transferring of these boxes? Are, what are the um, rules and regulations around the transfer? Are you limited? Are you not, let's say you want to lower it from another. Do you, um, are, are you not allowed to use a ladder? These halachas we're mentioning here, do they apply to Shabbos as well? So says the Gemara. What's the Shaila? Hacha, over here by Hilchas Yamte, maybe we're going to be machmir. I say there's no bittel based madrash, and therefore, you know, anything that's Tirchi Yisera, don't do. Maybe on Shabbos will allow the added effort because we want people to be able to uh, have more room in the, in the base madrash. I don't know. Over here, where you're trying to get the fruits off the roofs, they don't get ruined, and we're still not allowing it. 
even though usually chachamim are mekel, are lenient, when there's a loss of finances, hasam like a hefzid peris like goshke, over there where there is um, where there is a hefzid peris like goshke, how much more so? Okay, because over here we're concerned about the fruits coming out. Over there by the boxes of produce, there's no concern of the loss. So how much more so should we be machmer? After the gemara teku, we don't know. We don't, ultimately do not have an answer as to how to view the laws of Shabbos and cleaning out that storehouse vis-a-vis lowering the fruits from the roof on Yamdif. We don't know. We don't have any sort of clarity as to whether these two halachas could go hand in hand. Period. Two dots. Okay. Here we go. We said, Listen to this. Fascinating. You're allowed... If you have a hole, if you have a, a, a leak in the roof, you're allowed to cover over these fruits that are drying out, so they don't get ruined by the water. Okay. Omar Ula, Ula says, "Va'afilu avira delivra." Even bricks, even bricks, you're allowed to cover them. Okay. Now. What do you mean even bricks? He says, things that are mukta, you're allowed to cover. Rabbi Yitzchak Rabbi Yitzchak says, now why would I think otherwise? Because I would think, you can't cover it to protect these bricks. What do these bricks have to do with you? You're not supposed to have any shaykhs to these bricks. Right? There's construction material. What are you being busy? Why are you even noticing that they're getting ruined? Stay away, from it, bug off. Right? Stay away. He says, no, you're even allowed to cover things that are you know, construction material, have no shaykhs to Shabbos and Yom Tov. says, You're only allowed to protect things that are needed for Yom Tif use. So, for example, fruits that are needed for Yom Tif, you're allowed to cover over. Okay? And Rav Yitzchak is strict and consistent with this strictness. The Omar of Yisak, of Yisak holds, listen to this, very interesting. Ein kli nita ha Not only is muktza not allowed to be moved, even something that muktza needs, for example, a cover to put upon muktza, even that is going to be also to move. The Seder, and therefore Yisak is going to say, listen, anything you don't need for Yom Tif is muktza. And you're not allowed to move something else to go protect this mukta item. Tanam, we learned to the Mishnah. You're allowed to cover over fruits with kalim, with vessels. You see, perisin, avira, delivni, lai. You're only allowed to do it for fruits, food, needed for yamtif, but for bricks, not allowed. Who says the Gemara, that's not necessarily a proof to Rabbi Yitzchak because who did, maybe the halacha taka is true as well. So then, why are we mentioning Paris? Why we say you're only allowed to do Paris? Since the beginning, we said you're allowed to bring down Paris through the hole in the ceiling. So we said, oh, you're also allowed to cover the fruit. But maybe the Mishnah will hold that um, not like Rabbi Yitzchak, and you are allowed to cover bricks. Okay? I, why did it only say fruit? Because we were talking about fruit in the Rasha. But it could be, uh, ultimately, what the Gemara is coming out with is Rabbi Yitzchak's, the diuk we're making from the Mishnah is not a proof to the strict opinion of Rabbi Yitzchak. Okay. 
now we learned in the Mishnah, you're also allowed to cover over jugs of wine and jugs of oil, or barrels, kadim, or barrels. Barrels of wine and barrels of oil. You want to protect them? You're allowed to cover them over. Okay? Now, if, you're, if, it's, if the examples we give in the Mishnah is, you're allowed to cover wine and oil, okay? So, it seems you're allowed to cover this type of thing. But, what about bricks? Maybe not. We're dealing with tevel, tevel wine, tevel uh, oil, and therefore it's taka just as bad as bricks, right? Because you have no shaykhist, it's completely separated. So if you're allowed to cover your jugs of wine and jugs of oil, you would be allowed to cover the bricks as well. It's logical to interpret the Mishnah like this. We're dealing with barrels of wine and barrels of oil that are already tithed, already misered. In the beginning, we spoke about, uh, we already spoke about Peres. Why do you got to talk about Kadiyayan and Kadishem? And why do you got to mention in what way are they different than the fruits? I would have thought to say, I would have said that maybe you only let it cover something over, it's going to be a big financial loss. But if it'll be a small financial loss, um, then maybe we should be Machmir Kamash Balan comes along the Mishnah and tells us that not only are you permitted to cover fruit, you're even permitted to cover the jugs of wine and jugs of oil. And that is the Chiddush that is going to do with whether or not uh, you, you should not be Madaiq anything about the bricks. Tonight we learned to the Mishnah nice and clean. Tachas Hadelef B'Shabbos. You're allowed to put a vessel underneath a leaky ceiling on Shabbos, okay? Says the Gemara, says the Gemara to explain, we're dealing with water that actually has a use, okay? So the concerns like this, listen, this, this was a very short but lumdish uh, step. And what we said is like this, according to Rabbi Yitzchak, what was Rabbi Yitzchak's strict opinion? Not only you're not allowed to move muktzah, you're also not allowed to move what? Something that muktzah needs. Let me ask you a question. Listen here. There's a leaky ceiling. The water coming through, let's assume, which is what the Gemara assumed initially, is muktzah. Because what are you going to use this water for? What right do I have to go bring a garbage can over to catch the water? I is a garbage can muktza by itself, maybe not, but the water is not needed, so that's muktza. And now I'm moving the garbage according to Rabbi Yisroch's logic. That not only is it forbidden to move muktza, it's forbidden to move something for the sake of muktza. I'm moving my empty garbage can over to the leak for the sake of the water, so that should be muktza. I should not be allowed to carry it underneath to, to move my garbage can underneath the leak. From the fact that we're permitting it to, to move it underneath the leak. What do you see from here? Kashon Rabbi Yitzchak. You're allowed to move something for the sake of muktza. To which Rabbi Yitzchak answers, no, maybe the reason why I'm, the mission allows you to move the garbage can underneath the leak is dealing with water that I actually have some sort of yumtif use for. I could wash my dishes in it. Whatever it is, clean off my dishes for the next suda. Right? Give it a, give it a rinse. And that's why, and therefore the water's not muktza. And since the water's not muktza, that's when the Mishnah means you're allowed to move 
a vessel over to catch the water. And there's no question. Again, let's reiterate. The question was, I Rabbi Yisrael, you can't be right. You see, you're allowed to move a garbage can for the sake of a muktzah water. And Rabbi Yisrael, no, the water is not muktzah because it has a yom tafiyus, kevaldik. Okay. Period. Zokt the Gemara Viter. Parson machzeles al gabe levenim b'shabes. You're allowed to put out a machzeles, you're allowed to put out a mat on top of bricks on Shabbos. Why are you doing that for Shabbos? Because bricks, if we recall, and we're going to have a fascinating uh, conversation soon, and a story, fascinating story with Abaye. It's a lot to learn from, this, from that story. But bricks were, were made out of, like, pla- uh, I, don't know, I don't know what the proper, uh, was it plaster? It wasn't the cement that we have. So it was a type of thing where it could talk and get ruined from water. So you had to lay out a mat overneath the bricks to make sure they don't get ruined. So you see, you're allowed to move something for the sake of mukta, says the Gemara. No, the Iyasur Mibiyana. Maybe we're dealing with bricks that were never part of a building. They were extra from the building. And remember, what did we say? Remember, you have these big cement bricks that were never actually put into the foundation of a building or the walls of the building, what else could it be used for? What do we learn? People could use it as a chair. And therefore, it's not muksa. People could sit on that brick. The And therefore, the, when do we say you're allowed to cover the bricks with a mat? We're not dealing with construction bricks. We're dealing with extra bricks, which are never muksa in the first place. Because they could be used as a chair. And since it's a chair, that's where we say you're allowed to cover with a mat. There's no question on Rabbi Yitzchuk. Okay. Tashma, come and listen. Let's try to prove from here. Parson, Machtelas, Agabi, Avon, and Bishabis, let us spread a mat over stones on Shabbos. Aye, stones are mukta. Even when you throw it at people and say Shabbos, stones are mukta. You see, you're allowed to move something on Shabbos, the mat, for the sake of a mukta item. Question on Rabbi Yitzchak. Says the Gemara, Bavonim, Mikor Zalis. We're dealing with um, stones that are meant to be used for wiping one's bottom. Okay, when after somebody used the bathroom, they would have they would have certain shaped stones that were used in lieu of what we have nowadays as you know in disposable paper. And it's not muktza. The chazi on the base it's fit to be used in the base and since it's not muktza, you're allowed to cover it with a mat. Okay? Again, no question on the let us spread a mat on top of a beehive on Shabbos. As long as your intention is not to trap the bees. Okay? What's your intention? Protect the honey. But your intention is not to trap the bees. You're allowed to do that. Ah, a beehive is muktzah. You see, you're allowed to move something for the sake that's not muktzah for the sake of muktzah. Question on Rabbi Yitzchak says, Since there's honey over there, Rabbi Yitzchak will agree that you're allowed to lay it out. Because we're not dealing with, you're not only covering over, he, he doesn't even consider it to be muktzah. Because we're dealing with the honey, not just the the hive. From Shishan, from Mishan, says to Ravashi, Okay, when there's honey in the honeycomb, right, with the beehive, the Seder, 
I understand. But what about in the rainy season when there's no honey there? It seems from the Mishnah you're still allowed to cover it over. And this is going to be a question on Rabbi Yitzhak. Again, let's remind ourselves, what's Rabbi Yitzhak's opinion? Not only are you not allowed to move Muktzah, you're not allowed to move something for the sake of Muktzah. So why am I allowed to cover over the, the beehive with a mat? I'm taking something and doing it for the sake, protecting something which is Muktzah. Right? Um, there was only two chalais over here. A chala is referring to the honeycomb. And people can eat from that honeycomb and it's still considered like food. Yeah, I, but Lamaisa, they should still be mukta because nobody itself is eating it the way it is right now. It's just like you're waiting for it to be reinvented, you know, once the weather starts warming up again. All right, you intended to to uh, take these two chalas, these two honeycombs. So you thought about it. Since you thought about it, it's not mukta anymore. Let's say you would not have set aside these honeycombs for Shabbos use. Usr. Then Taka, it would be Usr to cover it over, perhaps. Again, you just don't have a proof one way or the other. Now, it says the Gemara. One of the things we said is you're allowed to lay a mat over a beehive as long as you don't intend to trap the bees. Why don't we take these words and extrapolate a halacha from the way that that was written. When do we say that you let it covered over with a mat as long as you're, you don't, you, you know, your das, your intention is not just to trap the bees? When is that true? When you want the honeycombs. Then, as long as you're not intending to catch the bees, it's okay. That's what we should say. But if you don't intend to use the honeycombs, Either way, it's going to be us. So why didn't we say that? Let's explain like this. Even if you plan on using the, these two chalais, these two honeycombs, it's only permitted when I dash on honeycombs. So it should be okay, right? It should be food. It should be okay. But even so, even when my das on nani comes, it's only permitted if you don't intend, you don't have any das to trap the bees as well. Okay, You cannot have any das to trap the bees. Your das has to be completely for the honey of it. Okay. Says the Gemara. Who is the Tana of this Brysa? Who are we establishing to be the Tana of our Brysa? Yehuda, the Islay Mokza. Are we following Shittas Rabbi Yehuda, right? Who's Machmir? He's strict when it comes to Hilchas Muktza, um, and says that in general things are going to be Muktza unless it's specifically set aside, the covid uh, for the sake of Yomtiv. Okay, But let's say the end of the Brayso Bavashle is having lots of. It's only it's permitted as long as you don't intend to trap it. A son of Shimon, which seems to follow the opinion of Rabbi Shimon. He says, listen, if it's not your Rabbi Shimon is the one who's lenient with Mukta, and he's also the one who says that if you're known, if you do something without intent to do that, it's allowed. Okay? So, um, for example, for example, it makes a difference when a person wants to trap a bee on Shabbos and Yamtif. Are you trapping the bee because you want to catch the bee? 
Or are you trapping the bee because you want the bee not to sting you? Why would I want to catch the bee? I want its honey. I like looking at it. I have kavana to trap it. I have a constructive use to pull from this bee. A dover she'en is when I'm doing something, my kavana is not that. My ka- I'm nervous the bee is going to sting me, so I put a cup on it. Is my intent to, do I, do I want the bee? Am I using the bee? Am I gaining from the bee? Or I just want the bee not to sting? It makes enough kamina according to Rabbi Shimon. Right? So it says the Gemara, the Seifa is following Shittas Rabbi Shimon when it says Dabr Shem is Gavin is Mutter, but the Reisha is going to be the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda of, as far as who's Machmir and laws of Muksa. Says the Gemara, the Tizbra, the Rabbi Shimon, and you, what, what, what do you want to say? That if you, if you have a problem with the Reisha being Rabbi Yehuda and the Seifa being Rabbi Shimon, you want to say the whole Bryce is Rabbi Shimon? That doesn't make sense either. Abai and Rabbi Dabit Abai and Rabbi both agree. Reb Shimon agrees when it's a psik ratio, when it's when your your malacha of tzayid of tzad of trapping is automatically going to happen. It's still going to be usher even when it is a dabar she'enemeskaven. Right? Just to reiterate, what's a psik ratio of layamus? We're translating this as something that's certainly going to ha- certainly going to happen. But what those words literally mean is psik ratio. You're going to cut off its head. Layamus. It's not going to die. Right? Somebody says, "I'm going to shech the chicken," but. My intention is not the chicken should die. My intention is to learn Hilcha Shechita. So you're going to say to him, Psik Reisha, you're chopping off the head of a chicken, you think it's not going to die? I don't care what your intention is. You know what's going to happen. And when you know for sure something's going to happen, even Reb Shimon will agree. It doesn't matter what your das is. What matters is the outcome of your actions. A biggest side in life, right? Relationships, a lot of things. Yeah, a person's actions speak a lot louder than a person's words. It's not hard to say the right thing. It's not even hard to intend to the right thing. Uh, many chas v'shalom, abusive people, are convinced that they love the other person that they're abusing. They, in their mind, they talk, they, they're doing this because they love that other person. Doesn't matter what you're intending, you're still being abusive. But I love them, so what? doesn't matter what's going on in your mind when your actions show something that's totally different. Even Rib Shimon agrees to that. So therefore says the Gemara, La'ilam kula Rabbi Yehudi. Really the entire Bible says, Rabbi Yehudi, Vachamai Eskinon, the Isbei Kaveh. We're dealing with, listen, this is fascinating. We're dealing with a beehive that has other escape valves. Okay? V'layt tema Rabbi Yehuda. According to Rabbi Yehuda, you don't have to say that as long as you don't intend to trap it. Because according to him, either way, it's going to be usher. Okay? That for sure everybody agrees. But rather, I, Lamaisa, it says that. Right? It talks about, you know, as long as you don't intend to trap it. So what do the words mean now? Right? We said, don't read it. Rather, the way to read it, top of Ahmed Bey's is, As long as you don't completely cover it, including the other escape valves for the bees. As long, you're allowed to cover it as long as the bees have other ways to exit. Because then it's not a real trapping. Says so Gemara, fine. Then he didn't trap it. Right? If you, if you put a cup two inches above a bug, 
on Shabbos and Yom Tif. And the bug could run out. Did you trap it? No, of course not. Like, what's the Chiddush? Pshita. Says the Gemara like this. I would have I would have said that it's only usher to trap things that are usually trapped, but to trap something which is not usually trapped is not usher on Shabbos Kamashvul. And therefore, the chiddush of the brisa is that it's even usher to trap a bee when it's done completely. Okay, again, has, we're agreeing it has done completely, but bees usually are not trapped. Okay, that for the sake of of uh, it being trapped. There's other animals, right? You trap a deer. You go out, you start trapping deer, you know, things like that. Um, but uh, to, to catch a bee, um, Rashi here and elsewhere explain that the Chiddush of the, Chiddush of the Brisa is even a min, even a species, which is not usually trapped, it's still Osudai Raisa. And it's considered a normal way of trapping to trap bees on Shabbos. Okay. Vaiter. Ravashi Amar Ravashi says, Mi katani di maisa chav maisa kashom. Did we say you're allowed to trap it in the summer and in the rainy season, the winter? All it said is, you let it trap it in the, you let it cover it um, to protect it from the sun, and you let it cover it to protect it from the rain. Meaning, those seasons, by the way, fall, spring, there's honey. And therefore, it's going to be mutter to cover because you're not only covering the bees, you're also covering the honey. However, what about a time of year where there's no honey? Zokhtrav Ashi, it would be forbidden. It's usher to cover just a plain beehive when there is no honey there. Period. Okay. One more piece of Gemara to explain the last Mishnah. Then we have another Mishnah over here. This is such a fascinating Gemara. Listen closely. There's so many Limudim from this. The Mishnah says, If you have a leaky ceiling on Shabbos, you're allowed to bring a vessel to come catch the water. We learned in the Bryson. In the Smaliyav Kli, let's say the vessel becomes full. Yeah, there's a big leak. There's a lot of rain. You could pour it out and fill it up again. And you could do it as many times as you want. Okay, even though you're really showing by pouring it out, you're really showing, um, you're really showing that you didn't want the water in the first place. Okay, but still, it's going to be permitted to uh, going to be permitted to change out over here. Abaye had a grinding mill, which was made out of plaster. And Dolof, there was a water drip on his grinding mill, on the plaster. What happens when you have a constant dripping of water on plaster? It could ruin it. The problem was that it was Shabbos. 
Also, so and and he didn't want his grinding mill to get ruined by the dripping water. Listen to what happened. Also, becoming the rabba, so he came in front of rabba. Now, usually Abaye's main rebbe was Rabbi Yosef. Rabba is one of the gedolei adar. He came in front of rabba, and he said, "I'm concerned about my grinding mill." How do, am I allowed to cover it over to protect it from the dripping water? Omar Lay, Rabbah said, Zil Listen to this, I'll explain in a moment. Take your bed, bring it to the leak. And now it's going to be a graf shorei, and you're permitted to take it out. Let's pause for a minute. I need to explain. We, we have to explain something here. Garbage. Is muktza or not muktza? Garbage is muktza. Garbage is muktza. Garbage is muktza. Garbage is muktza. There's no use. I have garbage is muktza. Why am I allowed to bring it out to the garbage dump? Why am I allowed to bring it outside to my garbage can when there's an Eruv? The answer is, it's called a graf shorei. Any garbage that I have in the same living space as myself, Kavod Abriya says, I don't need to live with smelly garbage. So the Chachamim say that when there's a graf shorei, anything that's smelly in the vicinity of a person's living quarters, it's no longer an issue of muksa, and you're allowed to carry it out of your living space. Clear? Got that? Something that's muktza, but takes on the status of a grav sharei. In my living quarters, I'm allowed to move. So listen to this chap of Rabba. Abai said, Rabba, my, wind, my, my grinding mill is being ruined. Zakt Rabba, a meridika loophole. And he says to Abai, you want to be able to protect it, I'll Here's what you do. Bring your bed into the room with the leak and the mill. The mill's starting to get ruined. But now it's your bedroom. Now that it's your bedroom, you're permitted to move the mill away from the leak. Gavaldik. Now that it's your room, it's a graf shorei in your living quarters, and you could, all right, no, yeah, you're do, really doing it because you want to save it. But I found you a way to be able to do this. You, you get the chap. You understand what Rabbi just did for him. Beautiful zach. He's taking care of, uh, of Abai's uh, grinding mill by turning it into a graf shorei in Abai's living quarters. Now listen to what happens. Yosef Abai v'kokashulei. Abai sat there and sat there and sat there and he was asking himself questions on what Rabbi just said. And he thought to himself, v'chi'aisen graf shorei l'chatchila? I know you're allowed to move a graf, a garbage can, a garbage bag once you have garbage. But am I allowed to initially, purposefully move my bed in so that my grinding mill becomes a graf shorei and now I'm allowed to move it? Are you allowed to do that? L'chatchila? And Abayah was sitting around and analyzing this. Adahachi, in the meantime, nafal berechaya de Abayah. His grinding mill broke. Done. Too busy thinking. Omar, 
And what Abai say? Tesili da'avri adamar. I deserve it. I deserve it. I was over on Rabba's psak. Okay? Now you see a couple things. First of all, when Rabba says something, take it to the bank. That's number one. Number two is, stop thinking so much. You got, you, you already thought about it. There's a way that this works according to Allah. You have, a, you have a final answer. You have a solution to something. Stop trying to find problems with good solutions. Anything we do in life is not necessarily black and white and there's 100% clarity in it. But if you have a psak and you have a way to go about it and you know it's legit, if you keep thinking, you're asking for trouble. Beautiful limit over here. Just go, fine. Abai says, I should have listened right away. It was mutter. Eh? I could have done it. The fact that I waited and I kept a thing and I, I had a great business plan. I had a great thing. And, uh, but I, and, and I had a way and I had a solution. But, oh, but what if this comes up? What? It's a taco lab. Uh? Ultimately, you're going to have your hands tied. You're not going to get anywhere. You'll end up, uh, you'll end up hurting yourself. Okay. Amar Shmuel Shmuel says, Graf Shorei me raglaim. If you have a Graf Shorei, a garbage can, or something that has me raglaim, urine. Mutter leitzian la'ashba, you let it bring it outside to the garbage. And when you bring it back, you should put water into it in order to be able to carry it back inside. Okay? This way, it's not mukta while it is empty. Because to carry it out and empty it out, we said is allowed. The problem is, once, it, once it's empty... Why am I allowed to bring it back in? So if I put water in, so now there's a purpose of bringing it back in. It's not going to be muksa. It's already holding. It's already a holding water. Savramina, they thought from this halacha, graf shorei agav mana in, that a graf shorei is only allowed when you have the rei in it, but just the graf shorei itself. Okay? A graf shorei itself, we'll call, is the... Um, um, something that's meant to hold uh, human uh, urine or excrement, right? That itself is going to be muktzah. It's only permitted to be used to remove what's on it. Says the Gemara, no, because Tashma, come and listen. Dahu achvarta dishtakach be afrafaspi ashi. There was a uh, an akvar. There was a mouse that was. Uh, that was found in the house of Asparmiki. Asparmiki is uh, different types of spices of Ravashi. Okay, so he had a, a room where he kept the spices, and they found a dead mouse. So, are you allowed to move the muktzah itself, or are you only allowed to move a pan that holds the muktzah? Okay, Amadu Ravashi. Ravashi said to one of the yeshiva guys over there. Nakta of akfu. Grab it by the tail and get it out of here. You know, it's your, it doesn't belong here. It's getting in my way, and it's making me nervous. I don't want dead mice around on Shabbos and Yom Tiv. And in such a case, you're allowed to take the actual muksa itself by the tail and throw it outside the house. Period. End of that Gemara, and end of that conversation. Okay. Now we're going to start a brand new topic, and we're going to handle um, 
um, various halachas of Shabbos and Yom Tev, which are derabbanan, rabbinical halachas. Here we go. Anything that you're not allowed to do uh, um, because the Chachamim say you have to stay Shavos, rest, don't do this. By the way, the, whenever you find the word Shavos, it literally means to rest, but it means according to the words of the Chachamim. Okay, something that's you're not allowed to do on Shabbos as far as Shavos means it's a rabbinic prohibition. So, Mishum Rishos, Mishum Mitzvah, B'Shabbos, Chayam Olav Even if it is a Rishos, there's no obligation, or even if there is an obligation on Shabbos, Chayavim Olav B'Yamtiv. You're also going to be Chayav um, as far as the laws of Yamtiv are concerned. Anything that the Chachamim said is also to do on Shabbos, they hold it's usher to do on Yavtif. And let's go through the list a little bit. What are some things that the Rabbanon say are forbidden to do on Shabbos? You're not going to go up a tree. Okay, the Gemara will explain why. Okay, you might end up tearing off a, a branch. We'll get there. You're also going to ride on top of uh, an animal. Okay. The discussion over there as well. What's the problem of the animal? So, so give a little teaser. Either you might come to take off a branch to hit the animal, or you might go outside the tchum. Okay, but the, the gemara, the gemara will discuss all these things. I'll, I'll hold off from the explanation for right now. So now I go up a tree. Now let it ride on top of an animal. Now let it swim. Now let it clap your hands. Now let it hit your thighs. Now let it dance. And um, and these things. Are are um, usher as far as rishus? Okay, meaning there was no obligation to do these things. Okay, and even though there was no obligation to do it, the Chum said it's usher. Like donin, now let it have a bezdin on Shabbos. Like mekadshin, you're not allowed to get married on Shabbos. Like chaltzim, right? Who here has been invited to a Shabbos wedding? None, right? Why not? We'll see. And these things, even if they're a mitzvah to do, um, are, are also usher. You're not going to make things hectic. You can't uh, make an erichin. I pledge to give my value or somebody else's value to the base of Mikdash. You're also not allowed to um, create cherem. Here we're not dealing with putting somebody into cherem, which is the expression as we usually know. We'll be here we're dealing with um, making something forbidden to personally benefit from. I'm setting it aside for the base of mikdash. You're not allowed to separate shuma and meiser as well. These things are all mitzvahs to do, right? But you're not allowed to do it on Shabbos. Call elu biyomtef amru kavachaymer b'Shabbos ein ben yomtef l'Shabbos elaychol nefesh bovad. All these halachas apply to Shabbos and yomtef. The only difference in Shabbos and yomtef is going to come into play as far as food preparation, okay, or eating food, cooking, so on and so forth, that is, this is the Mishnah which has that statement, there's no difference in Shabbos and Yontif, except for the process of cooking. All right, let's do a few short Kamaras, which will take us to the bottom of, uh, will take us hopefully to the top line of tomorrow's daf. So here we go. Now that go up in a tree, you might come to tear off a branch. Now that ride on top of an animal. Why not? You might go outside the tchum. See from here that the uh, that uh, to go outside the tchum 
is a din da'iraisa, according to this answer. Otherwise, the Rabbana don't make a gzera on a gzera. If Tchum itself was a gzera, they're not going to make a gzera, don't ride an animal to not take you outside the Tchum. That's a decree on a decree, and the rabbis don't do that. It must be that the Tan of this Mishnah holds that Tchum is da'iraisa, going back to Shabbos and Erevin. Who's that? Rabbi Akiva. So the other issue could be as well. You might come to tear off a branch. If you're riding on an animal, you're higher up. You want to guide the animal. You might come to rip off a branch. According to this logic, you don't have to say that chum is dairaisa. Either way, it's also to ride an animal. Nothing to do with chum. Just because of tearing off a branch. Okay? Why are you not let to go swimming? Because... Um, uh, we'll call it in our terms. You might come to make a floaty, yeah. You might uh, to make a, what do they call those noodles that you buy in the store, right? To to use to help you swim, to help you float. We're concerned that uh, if we allow swimming, people are going to start uh, creating these entities. You're not allowed to clap. You're not allowed to hit your thighs. You're not allowed to dance. Once we allow all these types of things. Right, which create beats, where it's concerned that people are going to start fixing up their instruments. If I could bang on the table, uh, uh, why can't I uh, use a bongo? Yeah, and if I could, why can't I strum my guitar? Right? The following things are Mishum Rishos, you're not obligated, but it's still a mitzvah, and that is we don't form a bezdin. I have a mitzvah ka'avid. Yeah, ultimately, sitting on a bezdin is a mitzvah. No, you don't have to be the one who sits on the Besdin. It could be somebody else. When there's somebody else, it's not, there's no obligation for you to be the one to do it. Even when I'm not obligated, the Chum still say that, um, that they feel the need to say, don't do it. You're not allowed to get married. But marriage is a mitzvah. Why do we say these are things which are not uh, a mitzvah? Says Gemara. Laitricha, the reason why we're calling marriage not a mitzvah, we're dealing with the ispa ishu banan. Yep. The guy already had a wife and kids. He wants to marry a second wife. He wants to marry a second wife, he wants to have more children. There, there's no, uh, there's no uh, additional um, uh, obligation. There's no mitzvah. You already had your, your mitzvah of, of, uh, of uh, marriage. You have your mitzvah of children. And therefore, that's, where the mish- that, that's why the Mishnah says, the, you know, we're, we're listing it as a mitzvah, which is not a chiyah, which is not an obligation. Rather, we are calling it a rishos. Okay, Gavaldi, go up to the top line of Lamed Zayin Amad Aleph. We're going to hold it here for today and Bezrem tomorrow evening on Thursday. We will pick up at 7.30 p.m. tomorrow evening to go through and learn together Daf Lamed Zayin as we continue the home stretch of Meseches Beitza. We end on Daf Mem. So Thursday is Lamed Zayin, Friday is Lamed Ches, Shabbos Lamed Tes, and Bez Hashem, we complete Meseches Beitza. This coming Sunday, with Hashem's help, have a wonderful, wonderful evening, everybody.